Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in mortgage today, our weekly whirlwind through all the latest in the mortgage industry. Uh, each week, pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. This week, back in the co-pilot seat, the president of Ross Mortgage, Tim Pascarella. Tim, great to see you. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Ross Mortgage, longtime uh, TMC member based out of Michigan. We got to start with your Lions. What a year for Detroit. I think all of America was pulling for them to knock Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. And like the Dan Campbell interview at halftime about his team, he's like, we just want them out. It was like, <laughs> I mean, just the the red-blooded Americans everywhere were, uh, were, were, were welling up and tearing, uh, listening to that, that miss old school football and hate these crazy, uh, unnecessary roughness penalties. But what a year for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, Dan is the epitome of Detroit, you know? I mean, this guy was one in six out, like, I mean, media was calling for his job before the season ended. And now, I mean, I, I bumped into him at a restaurant down in Birmingham, Michigan, and this guy can't eat. I mean, he is on a pedestal and we didn't even make the playoffs. You know, yeah. we went nine and eight and missed the playoffs. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I'll say about the NFL is you looked at Tampa, you looked at Minnesota, you looked at some of these teams that made the playoffs and, and we'd, we'd smack them. So next year is going to be a fun year. I think everybody wanted to see him in over the yeah. team that got in, in the back of the NFC. But next year will be fun. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Goff, who was phenomenal down the stretch. But just as an outsider, you know, I don't I mean, that, you know, he was so good down the stretch that you all, it would be very hard to not bring him back. But there's going to be a lot of big name quarterbacks out there Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, maybe Brady. I got Goff's jersey. You got yeah. Goff's jersey. So you're, you want him back. Six years in the league, four times in the playoffs, a Super Bowl appearance, and he's 28 years old, and he wants to be here. You can't ask for anything more. That's a that's a damn good argument uh, for Jared Goff. So, uh, well, we will see, but great year for the Lions, and uh, be fun to watch that team going forward. So, for sure. let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, for those of you just you sure joined- you don't want to keep talking to Lions. I, you know, I could do, I could do, I could do hours and hours of sports uh, podcasting and video. So, right. <laughs> but uh, this is the last week of mortgage today uh, for those just uh, jumping on our weekly whirlwind through all the latest and greatest this week's coast. If you couldn't tell from the state of Michigan, the president of Ross Mortgage, Tim Pascarella. Tim, just some anecdotes from some members of ours um, coming off the weekend, reporting some of their best app days. Uh, you know, over the weekend and, and to start this week, uh, what, what say you, if you had the same experience at Ross? Yeah, I mean, we did uh, last Friday, which is Fridays. I mean, I don't know how everybody else is, but Fridays for us since October have been dismal. Um, and last Friday was one of our lo- our largest lock days uh, in that I can literally in like the last five or six months. And then our applications uh, this week, obviously MLK Day, we couldn't lock anything out yesterday, but application-wise and applications this morning, you know, and, and just talking to the loan officers, you know, the media in general is, is, is it's a mindset thing, right? And the media started talking about the lower rates. The media started talking about how it's a, it's a little bit of a buyer's market, even though I think it's a little even, but it's still better than it was. Um, I think is is just a, a bunch of good positive signs for us. But I mean, I still look at it like the, the spigot turned off really fast. 
and I don't see it turning on really fast. I just see it turning on, which is we'll take, we'll take it for sure. We talk all the time about how the headlines trail reality in the mortgage industry. If it's, oh, hey, rates are up. Wait, no, they're down this week. Oh, that's last week's data or production data. Um, and we talked last year about how those the sensationalistic headlines like, oh, home values down, you know, uh, 30% annualized. Okay, real, they're down like half a percent month over month. And, you know, so but but the flip side. So I feel like those headlines kind of maybe hurt housing. Back half of last year, you read that crap all the time. You're a potential home buyer or seller, right? You just don't want to deal with it. Now, we may see the flip side of that because you're starting to hear a lot of headlines about rates dropping, inventory rising, activity starting to pick up. And uh, so it could help us this time uh, around. Yeah, I, I think the media, it, it's funny how they how they twist twist things, right? I mean, it, I didn't tell you anything you didn't know. When they said it was down, they're basing it on a non-sales price. Right. So when a realtor calls you up, I mean, if you're on the streets and a realtor calls you up and says, yeah, you, you could have sold that house for nine hundred fifty thousand. But today you could probably only sell it for nine. The value of your home didn't drop fifty thousand dollars. You never sold it for nine fifty. No house near you sold for nine fifty. It was just it was just word of mouth. Right. So I, I think that uh, I actually think and I think there's been a lot of reporting on this. I think we still get a, a couple ticks this year. I think the values of homes go up this year. I just think that what we've been accustomed to the last two or three years, not even close. Um, but I absolutely think you're right, Rich. I think if rates go down and inventory ticks up not too much, you know, you don't want to over inventory, but if it just ticks up a little, I actually think the demand's there for sure. I agree. I think there's a ton of demand to buy houses. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that, I, you know, I, one day one of these real estate companies or somebody will, will put together a survey on this. But my sense is that there's a lot of people that would like to buy a house in 2000. Mm-hmm. Three. may not be realistic for everybody due to a number of reasons but uh yeah certainly a lot of demand out there and you know i think that uh it's just you know it's, as far as values i agree with you as well i mean you know we had basically over to the first two years of the pandemic essentially 30 percent on average yeah. nationally right you get a little bleed off last year let's just for argument's sake say nationally we lost five percent of that um you're still 25% over two and a half years in an industry you know, there's three, 4%, you know, when you strip out all the stuff you got to adjust, it's pretty damn good. When you're making 25% and you don't put a penny into your house, that's pretty impressive. You know, yeah, I, agree with you. I think values are going to stabilize this year. You go up a little bit, honestly, I really do. I agree. Um, because of that, that ultimate demand. And I think some of the things that are starting to happen um, to help, you know, kind of beat down the headwinds that are, um, that are flying in the face of uh, the real estate industry right now. One of those normally for us Midwesterners, you're outside of Detroit, I'm outside of Cleveland, is this damn winter weather. But we were kind of talking about before I went live, I just went outside and got the garbage cans and like everything's melting outside. I got temps in uh, almost 50 degrees in Cleveland. And that helps a ton in the Midwest when it comes to home purchases, right? Yeah, I'm a big snowboarder and I've come to the come to the conclusion, I don't mind traveling to snowboard. I don't want to snowboard in Michigan. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I was telling you before I came on, it's, I'm on the seventh floor here and I have a big subdivision that I can see. And I love it when it's January and there's no snow, you know, uh, you know, especially in the Midwest States. I mean, no one wants to buy a house with two feet of snow on it, you know? Yeah. So I think that we're blessed big time for there. And I think, and I, I mean, I don't know, knock on wood, but take a look at the 20 day forecast. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I look at it like every week goes by, we're that much closer to spring. So 
It just doesn't look like this is going to be that massive of a winner. Everyone knows it can change, but it's looking pretty good so far. Oh man, I hope you're right. That would be great. And uh, yeah. yeah, it would be, it would be another catalyst for our industry here in the first quarter. And you're starting to see some catalysts line up to send the momentum the right way in a good direction, continue to get good economic numbers as it relates to inflation and kind of that waning to a more healthy level. Got a big inflation number last week. Uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index, right in line with economist expectations, actually dropped consumer prices as a whole month over month. If you look at inflation the last quarter in a vacuum, it still is a little elevated, but not too far elevated over healthy levels. Now, you know, again, there was some rampant inflation in the years that led into that, but starting to look and feel like the Fed their actions are working. Maybe they acted a little bit too late, but it's starting to look like their actions are starting to take hold. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting year with inflation. I don't know how it's going to work, right? I mean, like now I'm I'm, I'm 45 now, so I can tell you I've seen like gas, right? I can I've seen gas two dollars like four different times. I've also seen it five dollars four different times, right? So it's it's going to be interesting to see where it settles at because everything pre pandemic was so and even during the pandemic was so cheap you know and 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 i don't think i don't think they can go back to that but i think we'll, we'll it'll be a very interesting year i hope i'm not paying seven dollars and fifty cents for eggs at the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> it's you know? crazy i mean you know i think about i mean first with the pandemic you know just the craziness of that in general but the supply line issues i remember you know 21 and 22 was like it was baby formula or whatever the hell it yeah. was like something that is ridiculously expensive because because we're we're almost out of it and uh and just the prices of things too it just got all kind of jacked up due to unforeseen global event yeah it's, it's it, it really is i i'm i'm interested to see i mean there was rumblings out of the boston fed and the new york fed that they're they're suggesting to powell to, to, to go 25 and if that happens, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, Boston and New York aren't small cities. I mean, if they're if they're telling them if they're suggesting it, then it might it might hold hold some weight. And that would be very interesting to see what happens there. My my, my prediction, not that it matters, but my my predictions, I, I really do think will be in the low fives by April. Such a delicate dance that uh, Chairman Powell and the federal federal. Yeah. Reserve- have to walk i think by their own admission now a little too late to the game with the inflation is transitory and then you know forced to take a more aggressive and more hardline stance and they otherwise would prefer to deploy um and now even you know kind of where they are right now is the data and the numbers are starting to look better if you just look at the numbers in a vacuum it looks like what the fed is doing is working yeah their words and their actions or they're start just trying to scare the crap out of people essentially um you know to to keep expectations down and not have like stocks and bonds start going crazy off a couple of good numbers but eventually you know they're going to have to admit what they're doing is working <laughs> and they're going to have to eventually think about reducing the pace of these 50 75 basis point hikes cuz to your point there's some people starting to call for 25 at the next meeting now. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting down. It's it's clearly it won't be like 2020, right? There's there's none of this, you know. The question is, 
how many spikes until April or May, in my opinion, how many spikes and how bad are those spikes going to be? Because I think we get down there, right? I, I think we, I think just through the CPI data on May 10th and, you know, the, the announcements of poss- possibly making it a quarter, I definitely think we get down. But like you said, it's such a delicate balance. I don't envy any of their jobs because it's their words, right? It really, it, there doesn't, there doesn't even need to be data behind their words. It's just what they say can literally just cause these huge upward and downward swings. So it's, it's going to be, interesting to see how we get back down i guess is, is a way to say it but and then and then and then what's low i mean before the pandemic i'd have told you a five percent interest rates free money let's go you know so i mean it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the new level is is the new level five and a half do they never want to go to five or make five a, a catastrophic event to get to you know what i mean like what's the new level because i feel like that's gas right i feel like they they pumped it up to five dollars. We got we bitched and bitched and bitched, but we got used to five dollars. So now if it goes to three, we'll forget about two and three's awesome. You know, and it's like, so what's the new level with interest rates? Because it will not be the four years prior to the pandemic where it was like four and a half. I, I don't think it, I don't think that's the new level, right? So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's fascinating because like the history of how mortgage rates have moved, you know, more yeah. and more normal times it's like okay good economic news the stock market you know is going to rally and uh and bonds are probably going to sell off and rates are going to go up a little bit if you have economic uncertainty in any level investors flock to the safety of fixed income mortgage bonds so you know just me my history as a secondary guy wasn't quite this simple but like bad economic news good for mortgage rates and good economic news bad for mortgage rates now it's totally different Interest rates, mortgage rates are completely fueling off of expectations of what is to come with regards to inflation as it relates to economist projections. And uh, mm. it, it's, it's, it is interesting because you're right. There really isn't. It seems like there's not a floor. Like you've made the point a couple of times before. Like, I don't think we're going to see, you know, some like crazy drop in rates because it would be hard for that to happen right now because ultimately inflation eats away at the return of fixed income assets like mortgage bonds. And there's still too much uncertainty and fear out there on inflation. Right. Have that floor below, but we're six, three, six, four right now, 30 year fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I think the national average is six, four something like that. Yeah. I, I, I failed microeconomics, but I killed it in macro. And I think one of the biggest things that's going to be interesting if we do go into a recession is, is you just nailed it. Right. One of the easiest things to do during a recession is put $150 to $175 in everyone's pocket, right? So we go into a recession, we'll lower rates so much lower than the average interest rate of their home zone. Everyone refinances, everybody gets $150 more or roundabout numbers. And in a macro scale, that's a ton of money, billions of dollars, trillions of dollars that we can flood back into the market, right? We're coming off two and a half percent interest rates. You, 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 like I, I laugh, I, I don't laugh, but I, I, I question my salespeople. They're like, well, man, this next, you know, I'm getting ready for the refi boom. We just had the worst year in 20 years. What, what, what boom are we going to do? You know, I'm like, yeah, you're going to be able to refinance them, but you, you'll have 40% runoff. So now take 40% of the worst year you had, you know, and, and now you got that, right? You got 20% of them, we just won't do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden it's not that big of a boom. You know, so 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do if we, in fact, you know, head towards a, a recession, which, you know, I'll, I, even though I hate when people say, oh, recession is good for the mortgage. No, it's not. <laughs> recession is not good for anybody. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it, it can't be their safety net like it has the last couple. The last couple, it was so easy to just get everybody to refi, pump money back into the economy. I don't think it's going to be that easy this time. So it'll be a little it'll be interesting for sure. I think the biggest thing, well, we'll get to it, is when we get to the refi portion, we'll get to what I think is going to be a boom. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. This week, joined by the president of Ross Mortgage out of Michigan, Tim Pascarella, and uh, starting to dig into some of the news headlines of the last week, Tim. Uh, big one, Wells Fargo exiting the correspondent business, big, massive, giant in the correspondent space for many years at one point i remember them having damn near 25 percent market share i remember um since then kind of a slow bleed off a lot of the um you know regulatory just tough for big banks to be in mortgage in a lot of ways and but uh, your thoughts on that big news from last week <sighs> i guess the biggest question i have is why you know i mean i have some conspiracy theories, right? Like I have some theories on why. Um, I, they had 7.9% of the servicing in America. And I mean, make no mistake, people, people, businesses all alike need cash. And I think it's an amazing time to sell servicing. Um, so that could be it. Um, I don't worry about capacity. I don't worry about correspondent channel at all. I think that Penny Mac, Home, and Planet all did backflips when they heard the news. You know, I mean, they'll just grow by attrition, right? So I think they're, I don't think there'll be an issue at all. I think it'll be better for our pricing um, because I do think that Wells was so dominant that people just backed off because they didn't want to deal with it. Now I think that all, all around we'll get better ticks in pricing. Um, again, just an opinion, but I, I think that'll be the case. Uh, but just more or less, if they were in front of me today, like not that they ever would be, but if they were, I'd just be like, so. I'd love to, you've heard 50 reasons why people think they did it. I'd love to hear why they really did. You know, there has, I, I looked it up and I really haven't seen that good of a detailed art, article of why, you know, so I just guessed. <laughs> Official statement, you know, you know, alluding to their okay. staying in mortgage on the retail side and want to yeah. focus there. And as the, you know, winds change the, you know, how they allocate resources, the bank, you know, it's kind of like one of those. Yeah. One of those statements. City Mortgage did the same about a decade ago. I like, completely got out. I remember. Yeah. Well, um, and that's another thing, Rich, you nailed it too. I mean, like, this isn't new. When, when when the spigot does what the spigot did in 2022, there is usually a very large player. Remember Principal? Yeah, they well, did it too, right? I mean, they were huge, man. There's usually a big player that just, for some reason, right, never really says why, gets out. And it's usually one of the top three. Right. City was easily one of the top three when they did it in 2009. Uh, you know, uh, principal was top five. Wells is, I think, number one, you know. So, I mean, there, it, it's it didn't surprise me. I just never really understand why. I and mean, here's the thing. They always come back. <laughs> you know, I will be back. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you look at the big banks and mortgage and, you know, I never worked for a bank that big. But just knowing like, you know, at the end of the day. Big banks, they dislike the mortgage industry. No, that dislike oh, yeah. the wrong word. They have to offer it because they have to offer the solution to all their retail customers all across America. 
Um, at the same time, the regulatory eye on a big bank, and we've just seen this with the stuff that's come out, Wells and Chase, like it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to be in the mortgage industry. Then you just take the seasonality of it and having to fire people and hire people and the inefficiency of all that madness. But they kind of got to be in it on the retail side. So, they you do. know, Chase- Isn't, for, isn't that for their FDIC insurance, right? Like they have to offer. Yeah. So if they're in it on correspondent, I mean, Chase and U.S. Bank have kind of stayed in the correspondent game over time, but they they bop in and out as far as their aggressiveness level. Um, Wells is now bopping out. City bopped out. They're bopping back in a little bit. It's, you know, it's uh, uh, as the uh, it's like sands through the hourglass. So, yeah. Well, what surprised me about Wells is I was I I thought what, what they were going to do and they, they and I thought they were just going to price themselves out. I didn't think they'd actually announce that they were out. I mean, you got to understand these guys are such huge players. All they got to do is go behind the curtain, crank up the switch and they'll, they'll stop anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these, all these correspondents, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Right. I mean, unless, unless there's some sort of a reason we don't like you, we'll sell to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought what they were going to do is just crank, crank the needle way down mm-hmm. and just make it so they don't win anymore. Yep. Um, so I was a little surprised by what they did, but I mean, as far as, you know, a local, cor- you know, small correspondent in the Midwest. Okay. It's it's just next up. And you mentioned it, Wells, one of the biggest servicers in America. I think yeah. 9% of all loans. Uh, they also mentioned in the release that they were going to, you know, start bleeding no. that off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, already right now, you also mentioned it earlier in the show, a lot of MSR activity. Um, you know, independent mortgage banks like Ross, either looking to sell MSR, one, because it's they think it's a good time. I would agree with that. And two, to, you know, maybe bring in some cash to to help with things in, in the new year. So a lot of MSR activity already. Yeah. Got imagine, uh, like the Fed with mortgage bonds that, uh, um, you know, they're going to start kind of slowly reducing the size of that portfolio and start bleeding some of that stuff off into the marketplace. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing I my only comment on that is cash. You know, I mean, 2022, the year flipped. You're in 2023. You're preparing for what would suggest to be a, another off year. I won't say any. I don't know if you can get as bad. We're in for a whole new problem, set of problems if 2022 repeats itself. But it's definitely going to be another off year. And I think cash, I mean, I've seen just in our small little community of, of people, I've seen so many services and sell-offs. And I think also, Rich, you nailed it too. I mean, it's no different than why you shouldn't have sold, you know, you should have sold your house in March of 2022. I mean, it's a really good time to sell servicing. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get the value uh, in two or three years. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've tried to ask a couple people smarter than me on on this show and the one I do with Chrisman, like the buyers, because there are still buyers and I guess the prices are a little depressed. That's part of it. But Still a lot of people out there buying servicing, 30-year oh, fixed yeah. rate servicing in the sixes. And, um, you know, I guess all I could say to that is the conventional wisdom, like we sat here and talked about it, is that rates are going to slowly decrease throughout the year. We're going to have healthy climate. and But we also know never is the mortgage industry where you thought it would be 12 months earlier. <laughs> no. Me and you have been in this a long time. We're sitting here saying, you know what? Probably pretty likely, like rates slowly reduced this year, and we have a, a better year than last year, but not like a banner year. But history says we'll be wrong. Yeah, history's a word. I never know. <laughs> I never know. I mean, I I would have never guessed 22 was going to be like it was. I mean, clearly 2020 was amazing. 2021 was amazing as well. We no one thought 2022 
was going to match any one of those years. I did not think it'd fall off the cliff either, you know? So right. I think it's one of those things where, you know, you got to prepare for it and, and be ready for it. We were, thank God. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Just like you said, right. I can sit up here and guess anything I want in 2023, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever 2023 brings. Co-hosting the show in three months and we could be talking about being in the middle of a, the refi boom we think is impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 Like, it's insane. You know, I, I do think as far as refis go, the one thing that I keep, I don't want to say hanging my hat on because I mean, I've always been a purchase money market in this uh, business, but the one thing I'm hanging my hat on, and I don't care what Fannie and Freddie do about LLPAs and stuff like that. We are sitting on the most equity we've ever had in our entire lives. And we came off one of the worst, I'll call it rocket inflations that I've ever seen, that I've been a part of, that that I've been tracking this stuff. And credit card debt is at an all-time high. And I I do believe, I I believe that our, our cash out refinance, now I'm not the media, I'll tell you when I say doubled, that means doubled from almost nothing. But it's, it's, it's gone way up because Christmas is over. The holidays are over. You, you, you wake up from that stir, you know, blackout affair. And you look, you look at your credit report. You're like, holy shit. You know, I'm spending $750, uh, you know, and, and, and when the Fed raises rates, credit cards get hit the hardest. You know, I'm averaging 21% on these credit cards. I, I'm paying 700, sometimes $1,000 a month in credit card bills. Where if I just flip this all into one, I'm going to be paying $250. So I think if rates go down in the mid to low fives, I just think people will jump all over cash outs. I think investors right now are using cash to buy homes instead of borrowing. I think that'll come back. So there are definitely things that'll come back that'll make that low rates will trigger more deals. Um, I just think the macro aspect of it, where you're going to get everybody to get 150 bucks a month, that, that that's not it. But I definitely think people will start tapping tapping into that that equity for sure. Very well said. Record levels of home equity, record low delinquency. Yep. I think we are both making the argument that there is incredibly strong demand to buy houses. And the most important part of qualification, employment, the labor market also very healthy. So a lot of things going for housing. And I think you're right. I mean, you know, I think the um, the kind of emotional significance of getting into the fives, you know, I, I think that even a little bit more rate relief, you're going to start to see, you know, lenders aggressively marketing it, even if it's, you know, a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And I just think that that will, coupled with warmer weather and news headlines about, you know, uh, positive housing movement mm-hmm. and momentum and uh, could be a pretty, we could be sitting here on the show in a month and, and talking about uh, great app activity and, and nice pipelines. Your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have a Michigan guy on it without asking you, you know, about all the, the, the Michigan mortgage mafia up there. You got like uh, Michigan taking over the world with Do we? Rocket, Do we? U- UWM and uh home point you got the three biggest uh wholesale lenders in in michigan and uh right well i i i noted it because uh, jay farner rocket ceo was on cnn the other day and mm-hmm. he made a comment i thought was accurate wanted to get your thoughts on it that 
uh, buyers and sellers kind of like an even hand right now. Um, obviously, sellers so much of an advantage. Just you know, buyers. I don't need an inspection. I don't need anything. Like just you know, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a little tighter. Whatever I got to do. Seems like it's more buyers and sellers, more a little bit more even handed now. Yeah, Jay. Jay. So yeah, I'm in Metro Detroit. I'm the I'm the Charlotte, North Carolina of the '90s. I'm like the mortgage mecca of the world. You know, um, Jay's awesome. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. I, this is as even. It, this isn't a buyer's or a seller's market. It's just even. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I got a couple of good friends of mine that just bought homes and there wasn't that crazy pressure to get in before everyone else. There wasn't that offer over price. It was simply what, it, you know, they offered the listing price with a little bit of concessions and the seller took it. It's it's a very it's a it's a very even market. I don't think either one's better than the other. Um, we need inventory for sure. For sure. You know, there are things we haven't even touched on that you know, would really make a difference is the supply that there's still a, a very media doesn't want to talk about it. There's still a huge supply problem with builders. I mean, the builders, I mean, I can't believe no one talked about December 4,000 new builds were abandoned in the United States. That's an, that's an insane number, you know, and the majority of them that they didn't want to talk about was because they got approved in December of 2021 and they weren't, they couldn't, they couldn't pay the bill. You know, when the bill went up $600 a month in December of 2022 with inflation and everything else, they weren't even approved. So, I mean, that that number to me is startling, but that also is a direct problem with supply. It took them a year to build the homes. You know, I mean, you, if the builders could get their supply back in order, I think that alone could cause a spike, you know, for sure. So I think that that's, a, that's something we still got to get our arms around and fix. You know, it can't take six months to get a washer and dryer. You know, I mean, it just can't. You know, we, we're in Metro Detroit, Motor City. You still got to order your cars four or five months in advance. I can't even imagine what it's like outside of Michigan. You know, I mean, at least these cars are like within 20 miles, you know, sitting with no chips. I can't imagine what it's like to get one in California, you know. So it's it's there's still a big supply issue um, that could help the buyer and seller market with these new builds. But I. I do agree with what Jay said, and it's it's a very even playing field for buyers and sellers right now, which is good for the market. Tim, great stuff as always. Really appreciate you joining me on short notice this week. You're a guy we know we can go to at a moment's notice for a coherent and intelligent discussion on in our industry. Once again, you came through. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this week. Thanks for having me, Rich. Have a good one, bud. Absolutely. To our attendees, thanks as always for joining us. We're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, our third year doing the last week in mortgage today. The goal is to kind of get you outside of your silo and uh, give you some perspective on what's going on uh, in the rest of the industry. So until next Tuesday at 2 Eastern, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Take care. Thanks again, Tim. Yep. Take it easy. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.